Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Let's start at John's Gospel, the 14th chapter. Over here, the Lord Jesus, of course, is teaching many wonderful things. He's, he's really uh, doing a, a major teaching on the Holy Spirit and him being our helper and counselor and right on down the line comforter. But I want to pick it up in verse 12 because, you know, everything we talked about today and we started earlier in the first service was this. You know, the reason God makes a way in the, in the wilderness and, and he causes rivers to be released into the desert is so that we, his people, can drink and we can be formed for him and that we can be praisers in the earth and that we'll do his works. Amen? And, and just like we got into the, the, the emphasis on the, the new wine in the renewed wineskins, God wants us renewed so he can put fresh anointings in us, but the anointing that's in us isn't for us. The anointing that's in us is for people that we're supposed to be ministering to. Amen? And so the new thing that God is doing is this. He's going to move in such a great way that he's going to cause the church to stop looking inwardly and start looking outwardly. Amen? And we're going to realize our voices are not only to be heard in the sanctuary, but they are to be heard in the office. They are to be heard out here in the marketplace. They are to be heard in every realm that's out here because we're to be anointed of God and carry forth the water and the anointing of the Spirit of God out to a dry, thirsty people. Amen? And so the church, I believe, this year, we're going to get a fresh revelation of the Great Commission, and we're going to fall back in love with it. Somebody said, what is the Great Commission? A lot of people would ask that. What is the Great Commission? Go in all the world and preach the gospel to every individual. Amen? Preach to them and minister to them and touch them. And, and going all the world doesn't mean to go to a foreign country. It does. That's a part of it. But I'm going to show you that going all the world means going right outside these doors. The world is waiting on you. Amen. The moment you leave this property, you went out into all the world. And God wants to use us. Hallelujah. In John 14, 12, the Lord Jesus makes a tremendous statement here. He says, Most assuredly I say to you that whoever believes in me, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works that she do because I go unto my Father. Notice here that the Lord starts off and he doesn't say, All the apostles are going to do great works. Amen. He says, Whoever believes in me. Notice that. He says, Whoever believes in me. The works that I do shall he do also in greater works than these. Once again, what's the emphasis? The emphasis on you following the Lord and being involved in his ministry. Did you hear me? As a believer, you and I should be doing the works of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people say, does that mean we're going to do out, go out and do miracles, signs, and wonders? Well, Jesus also taught. That was a work. Jesus fed the hungry. That was a work. Amen. Jesus helped people that were down and out. That was a good work. Praise God. There's all kinds of works that the Lord Jesus did that each and every one of us will be uniquely qualified to be able to do the same thing. Amen? And we're not all going to do the same works, but we're all going to do His works. Amen? See, a lot of us, the reason we haven't done His works is because, well, I can't go preach. Well, not everybody's called to preach, but everybody can tell. Amen? And we can help somebody. We can lift somebody up out of despair. We can go bring encouragement to somebody. We can go out and pray for somebody. We can go out here and, and, and get a meal for somebody. Amen? 
See, these are works that the Lord is saying. And who's going to do that? Believing ones. Hallelujah. Those who believe. Those who, and that word believe is an action verb. Praise God. They that actively believe on me, they that are pursuing me, that they are involved with me, they that have, have committed to me, the works that I do shall they do also. Amen. And then the Lord Jesus begins to qualify some of this stuff. And he says, and whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, he's not talking about prayer here. If you study that out in different translations, that word ask, they're really in the Greek means to demand something due. And so the Lord is not talking about prayer here in John 14. In John 16, he does. He says, ask the Father in my name. He'll give it you. But here he says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know what he's talking about there? He's talking about us as believers being given the authority to use his name to go do his works in this world. And he says, if you you go in my name and demand it to be done in my name, it'll be as if I myself was there doing it, and I'll back my name and see to it that it gets done for you. Woo, glory to God. So the Lord Jesus is emphasizing here as believers, the first thing that's going to give you the edge is you can have the right to use my name. Amen. And then Paul picked it up in Colossians 3.17, and he said over there, whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to the glory of God the Father. Amen? What's that? What, what, what do I do in the name of Jesus? Why? Because in Ephesians 1, it says that he has been lifted up and given a name that's far above every name, both in heaven and earth and beneath the earth, and praise God that his name is above every uh, uh, other name, above every title, above everything, not only this age, but in the one to come. In other words, the name of Jesus is the greatest name forever and ever. And at the name of Jesus, every being in heaven, every being on earth, and every being under the earth has to bow down and say, that's right, Jesus is Lord, I submit. Somebody says, I wonder why that's not working. It doesn't work if we hope it works. It works when we are believers and we believe it will work and we understand that we have a right to do this. See, the church has to wake back up. We have to renew some of these things. Remember what we taught her in the morning service, that the first way you renew that wineskin is you submerge it in the water. You wash it in the washing of the water of the word, praise God. You know what we're going to have to do? If we're going to be used of God, we've got to get back in the word and, and rediscover the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. And, and we've had it. How do you know we've had it? I watched the words on the screen while we were singing earlier. We were singing about the authority in the name of Jesus, the glory in the name of Jesus, the power in the name of Jesus, turning things around in the name of Jesus. And if we don't watch out, we sing about things that, that we've known, but they're not real to us now. And one of the assignments that the Lord has given to me for this year is to reawaken the church to who they are in Christ, what they have in Christ, and what they're to do in Christ. Hallelujah. And the first place I want to awaken you to is this. You are a believer. Amen. And you have been given the right to use the name of Jesus in combat against the enemy. And at the name of Jesus, you are acting in his behalf, in his stead, doing what he would do if he was there himself. And when you say in the name of Jesus, you know what's going to happen? The Lord is going to step up and back his name and work with you in his name. Amen. Somebody says, how do you know? Look in Mark's gospel, the 16th chapter. 
Mark chapter 16, the Lord Jesus here is speaking to us about his commission to the church, his great commission we call it. Verse 15, he said to them, go in all the world and make disciples of all the, of, of, and, and preach the gospel to every creature. That word cosmos there is, is world systems. Go in all the world. Go in every system. Go, in, go, go out here, in, in, you know, uh, in, in the media. Go out here in the business realm. Go out here in the education. Go out here in, in every realm. Go out here in every realm and be a light shining in that darkness. And proclaim, tell, declare, publish openly the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Ooh. Oh, no, that's the religious standard version, isn't it? Huh? No. Let's quit reading the religious standard version and go back to the authorized versions. Amen? The, the, the right versions. It doesn't say in these signs shall follow the preachers or the apostles or the super spiritual ones. It says these, these signs shall what follow those believers. Once again, the Lord's talking to believers. He's talking to us. He's talking to everyday Christians who love God who've surrendered their lives to God, he's saying, you're just not an old nobody. You're just not some weak something that has to have somebody else do all you're praying for you. You are a believer. And when you became a believer, you became a powerful creation in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You became an individual a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus says, if you will act on who you are in me, not only will you have my new creation in you, I'll give you the authority to act in my behalf so that when you say in the name of Jesus it'll be just like me standing there I've shared the illustration many times I watched this on a uh, I like watching National Geographic things and stuff like this but this is all about uh, it, it was a it was a movie thing and it was it was about this this little little baby bear cub you maybe heard me tell it before but anyway his his mama gets shot and so he's on his own and so, he, you know, he, he doesn't have a whole lot of, uh, of help, and he doesn't look like he's going to make it. But this, this big old grizzly male, you know, he, 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 for some reason, he takes him under his wing. And, and, I mean, this grizz stands about 10 feet tall, you know. He's, he, he's huge, and you got this little old bear cub. But they run together, and the old, you know, the old grizz, he takes care of him. Well, they get separated. And this little bear cub's out here, and a mountain lion begins to chase him all over the place. And, and he chases him, he gets on a log, and he goes down a river, and he's running and, and, and stuff. And he finally, they land, and the mountain lion's there. And the mountain lion comes up to him, and the little bear's been running and running and running. And finally, he's run as far as he can. And he turns around, and the lion swats him, and he's kind of bleeding in his snout. And so he rears up on his hind legs, standing about four feet tall. And he goes, Rawr. and the picture shows him there, you know, facing the line. And the line just takes one more step, and he goes again. He goes, Rawr. and all of a sudden, the line just stops, and he starts backing up. And the little bear gets bolder, and he And then the camera angle switches, and about ten feet behind that little pair is a big ten-foot grizz. He found his cub. Hallelujah. And he's standing up. And all of a sudden, that lion is no longer seeing that little cub there going, Wah. he's seeing Big Daddy back there who's going to come in and eat him. 
And what you've got to get a hold of is this, that when you stand up and the enemy is attacking, you go in the name of Jesus, he may see you as some little nothing, but standing right behind you is the Lord God Almighty, and he's pointing at him and saying, you better obey, I'm here to make sure. Are you listening to me? And he said he would never leave you nor forsake you, so he's always right there with you. But you've got to believe. You've got to believe, Amen. And so look what he says. He goes, let's, let's read on down here. He says, and these signs shall follow those who believe. How are we going to get these signs to work? In my name. See, I'm not doing this in my authority, in my power, in my ability. I'm doing this under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm acting in his behalf. Amen. What am I going to do in the name of Jesus? Well, he says, in the name of Jesus they shall cast out demons. Bless God, we ought to be dealing with the devil, getting rid of him, amen? They will speak with new languages or new tongues. He said, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it'll not hurt them. That doesn't mean go around drinking poison and handling snakes, okay? Just want to help you on that one, praise God. I don't think anybody here would think that, but this way you can answer him, praise God. You know what he's saying? He said, if you operate under my authority, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And even the enemy slips something in poisonous, and, and you can just say in the name of Jesus, I rebuke it. Just like Paul shook the snake off there in the book of Acts. I am not going to let that happen, praise God. Because you see, in Psalm 91, he says, when we take refuge and put our trust in God, we make Jesus our Lord, we come under his shadow and under his covering. He says, no plague shall come near you, amen. No calamity shall befall you, no plague shall come near your tent, praise God. He gives his angels special charge over you. They keep you in your ways of obedience and service to him. And they watch over you so you, that you won't dash your foot upon a stone. Amen? The Lord is there. He's with us, praise God. So I'm, I'm using his name. And in his name, I, I'm, I'm commanding demons to leave. I'm binding these spirits. I'm not letting them dominate. I'm binding them in Jesus' name and putting them under his feet. Amen? In the name of Jesus, I'm praying for people to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And they're receiving their prayer language so they can talk to God in a, in a spiritual language. In the name of Jesus, I'm coming under the covering of the Lord himself so that he can protect me against every attack, assignment, and wild that the enemy can throw against me are you hearing me and in the name of Jesus I'm going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to get well amen but brother Huffman I thought that was for the, the, the healing evangelist no that's for believers and when there's a true move of God going on God uses everybody in his church not just a few in his church and we all get involved. And the Lord is putting emphasis there in John's gospel. He's putting those emphasis. And, and notice what he goes on and down here and he says, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and was set down at the right hand of, the, of God. In other words, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is head of the church. He's seated at the place of authority. And they, listen to what it says, And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, the Lord working with them, them who? Them believers. Notice that? The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Now, what's he saying here? The Lord isn't going to do this without us. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with the accompanying signs and miracles. Are you hearing me? I can remember the first time the Lord showed me this. I'll tell you when it was. It was in February of 1979. It's been a few years ago, hadn't it? Amen. And it was on a Saturday night, 
and we had began to, I took this little church in August of 78, and, and this was up in February of 79, and so we were having Saturday night, uh, the, uh, the first Saturday night of the month, we, we, I just said, I'm going to have a healing service, I'm just going to have a, a service where we're going to preach the word and lay hands on the sick. And so, you know, we, we had done that. In, in, you know, in, in December and January, and, and it would, worked okay. And then we got into February, and I, and, and I got busy on that Saturday, and I was, it was legitimate stuff, but I was busy, hadn't spent this much time in prayer. And, and, and I went to the church, and I thought, well, you know, we just have been having small crowds, and, and, and I'm okay, I can minister to them. Well, I peeked out from the little prayer room that we had in this little church, and, and, and it was full. I mean, you know, we, it seated about 120, and it had probably 60 people, 70 people in there, and that was a big crowd in 1979 for me. And I looked down, and I went, oh, God, biggest crowd I've ever had, and I am not anointed. I don't feel any anointing, oh, God. And I stepped back and said, oh, Lord, you got to anoint me. Oh, Jesus, anoint me, anoint me, anoint me. Lord, if I don't have any anointing on me, I can't do anything. If I don't have any, can't do anything, they won't come back next month, oh, God. I was only 25. Don't look at me like that. But anyway. I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with this, and, and, and I'm just praying, and I, I'm back there, and, and I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with this, and, and, and all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me. Thank God, right in the midst of our craziness, the Lord will speak to us. And the Lord just said simply to me, he said, read Mark 16, 15 through 20. I said, Lord, I don't need to read it to you, I can quote it to you. And I started to quote, he said, I didn't say quote it, I said read it. So I opened my Bible up. And I began, verse 15, of course, it was King James, you know. Go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow those that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall take up new you know, serpents. They, if they drink anything deadly, and not hurt them. You know, right on down the line. Read right it all the way down through. And I get down to the bottom. It says, and, and the Lord working with them and confirming his word through signs following. I said, that's it, Lord, that's it. I need you to, I need you to confirm the word. Signs following tonight. And he said, read Mark 16, 15 through 20. I said, Lord, I just read it. He said, read Mark 16, 15 through 20. And I reread it. Went right down the line. Da, 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 da. I said, that's it. That's it. I need you to do miracles tonight, Lord, so that, that, that people will come back and people will be set free. And the Lord said, read Mark 16, 15 through 20. And I stopped in, in my craziness. I said, Lord... I'm not stupid, I'm a little slow, but I'm smart to know that I'm not getting what you're trying to tell me, because I've already read that to you twice, and there's something in there that, that I'm missing. He said, there certainly is. I said, would you show me what I'm missing? He said, I certainly will. He said, what's those first two verses say? It says, go in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and baptized shall be saved. He said, that's right. He said, who's doing the preaching? I, said, I guess I am. He said, you got it. You're right. You're doing the preaching. He said, read verse 18. He says, what's that say? And I read, in my name, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. He said, now, what's he say down here? He says, they'll lay hands on the sick. He says, who's going to lay hands on the sick? I said, uh, I guess I am. It's my hands. He said, that's right. He said, now read verse 20 out loud. And the Lord working with them, confirming the word through signs that follow. He said, who's confirming the word and doing the miracles? 
I said, oh, 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 yeah, I guess you are. He said, that's right. He said, now then, do you believe that I can do my part? I said, yes, sir. He said, then you do your part, I'll do my part, and it'll be all right. Hallelujah. Amen. And it was a great revelation to me. I found out that, you know, I didn't have to feel something to be used of God. Are you listening to me? And all of a sudden I found out that God was just as real and just as powerful and just as anointed going to prayer as he is coming from prayer, just like Peter and John found out. Amen? And I found out that the miracles and the healings and the signs and the wonders were not all about me. They were all about just letting the Lord work with me and through me. Amen? And that's what the Lord is trying to get back across to his church. We don't have to be some super-duper, super-special whatever. We just need to be believers that just trust the Lord and believe that he'll do these things and then dare step out and pray for people and minister to people and trust that in his name I'm acting on his behalf. And the devil may not want to run from me, but you better deal with this one right back here. Hallelujah. Amen? Because he's the one that's backing his word. He's the one that's backing his name. And he's the one that sent me to do it. Hallelujah. And so the first emphasis we, write, we find here in John 14 is Jesus says, as believers, we're to get involved in doing his works and, and doing his lifestyle and doing his church business, amen, and touching people's lives and taking the gospel out and, and, and just finding those needs and reaching out and letting the Lord use us to touch them and reach them. Amen. But then the second thing the Lord emphasized over here in John, the 14th chapter. Let's jump back over here. Listen to what he says. He goes on down here after he, after he talks about that, about asking anything in his name. In other words, any area that he wants you to operate in, if you do it in his name, he'll work with you. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, he's saying, if you really love me, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. Let my word dominate you and make my word a commandment. You know what a commandment is? It's an order. It's not a suggestion. So he says, make my word just like it's a commandment, that it's, it's, an, it's a marching order from God to me. And make it a personal commandment and then make up your mind you're going to keep it. Praise God. What do you mean keep it? I'm just going to act upon it and do it. Amen? Well, nobody else is. Well, I'm not doing this because anybody else does. I know a lot of people didn't get saved in my age group, but I, I got saved anyway. Hallelujah. I just chose to make my path and not theirs. Amen? And so he says, and he says keep my word if you love me. And he says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it knows, can't see him uh, nor know him. But you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless or orphans. I will come to you. Now notice what he says there. Next thing the Lord says is this. As my believers doing my works, he says, number one, I want you to go out under my authority and, and, and let me work through you. But he says, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to get in my word. And I want you to receive the Holy Spirit in your life. I want you to understand that not only am I giving you my name to do this, I'm giving you a helper that will help you do this. Amen? A helper, a comforter, a counselor, a strengthener, a standby, one who will intercede with you, one who will go with you, one who will lift you up and give you the strength to stand against the storms of life. I'm going to send you a helper. Hallelujah. 
Woo, glory to God. I don't have to do this on my own. I have to do it in my own might. I can be just like the prophet over there. He said, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So I can, I can go out in confidence. But you know what I have to do? I have to receive this helper. Because the Lord put emphasis on me receiving this helper into my life. Amen. Look in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Is this okay? You getting this? See, God wants to stir us, church. I'm here to stir you. Your pastor's going to feed you, but I'm here to stir you. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, look what he says in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Look at the emphasis where the Lord puts his emphasis here. Notice what he says. He says this, and being assembled together with this after the resurrection. This is right before he ascends to heaven. Look, what, what, where, where does the Lord put his emphasis? And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the, the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from hence. You know what he's saying? He's saying, he's saying you need to stay put right here until you receive the promise of the Father that you heard from me. Where did he hear from it? If you've got a, a reference Bible, it'll take you right back to John 14 where we just looked at. Amen? And so now the Lord is saying, I want you to go preach this gospel. I want you to change lives. I want you to shake nations. I want you to do all these great things. But here's the thing. I want you to not do it in your own strength or your own power. I don't even want you doing it in your own name. I want you to go out as a believer doing it in my name so that I can get glory, so that I can change lives. Because you can't save anybody, but Jesus through you can. Amen? You can't heal anybody, but Jesus through you can. And what you need is the Holy Ghost. Why do I need the Holy Ghost? Because because Jesus needed the Holy Ghost. Jesus was the Son of God, but you are a Son of God. Hallelujah. And if the Son of God needed the anointing of the Holy Ghost in His life to do the works of God, then you as a Son of God need the Holy Ghost to do those same works. What do you mean, Jesus said? Acts 10, 38, Peter preached, and he said, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Amen? So the Lord did all his works through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so now the Lord is saying, listen, I want you as believers to do my works. I want you to get hold of my name. I want you to understand you can go in my authority. But before you go, listen, you need the Holy Spirit. You need a helper. You need somebody that will stick close to you. You need someone who will be there to comfort you and strengthen you when nobody else is. Amen? I don't know about you, but I've been places where I, I, I look around, and I, I didn't know where any help was coming from, but the help was in me. I mean, there was no comfort, but the comforter was right there taking care of me. Are, are you hearing me? I, I didn't know that I could get through it, but the strengthener was right there in me, strengthening me, praise God. I didn't know what I was going to do, but the counselor was living on the inside of me, encouraging me and telling me and showing me the plan and purpose of God. And, and I, could, I looked around. I didn't see anybody standing by me, but on the inside there was one standing by me, standing with me. Are you listening to me? And that's what we need. If we're going to shake, nations and turn the world upside down like they did in the book of Acts. We need the same experience they had in the book of Acts, the same passion they had in the book of Acts, and we have to have the same anointing they had in the book of Acts. Amen? Look what Jesus said in Luke chapter 24. Luke 24, the Lord Jesus here is he's, he's speaking to his disciples after his resurrection. This is when he first appears to them. 
He's ascended to heaven, put his blood on the mercy seat. And now he comes in and he, he, there in the door. You know, he doesn't even come through the door. He just appears. Hallelujah. Amen. So the next time you think you're hiding out, you're not nearly as hid as you think you are. Amen. Praise God. Because they had the door locked and hiding away, and Jesus just walked right in the room. Whoa, hallelujah. Jesus, amen. But look what he says here. Luke chapter 24, verse 45. And he opened the, uh, their understanding that, their, my, that, their, that they might conceive in their hearts and understand and comprehend the scriptures. Notice that? So they could get, they, they could comprehend, they could conceive, they could, they could understand. He opens their hearts up so they can see it. And a lot of uh, uh, biblical people say that, uh, scholars say that this is when they, he, they you know, the, one other translation, a place in John, it says he breathed on them, said receive the Holy Spirit. This is when Jesus opened their hearts up and they were actually born of the Spirit. And all of a sudden they could see from their heart and revelation could come to them. But now look what he says to them. Then he said, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that, listen, and repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, in his name, to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Notice this, the Lord says, it was necessary. Everything I did was necessary. But I want you to get a hold of this. I want you to get the revelation of this. Now, I am sending you out to be a witness of my death, burial, and resurrection. And I'm giving you this power from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to help you to go out. And here's the message I want you to take to people. You don't have to live guilt and condemned and, and feel like you're unworthy and feel like your life is a waste. He says, go out and tell him that if you'll repent, change your mind, turn to me, I'll remit everything in your past. I won't just do a patchwork on you. I'll make you a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. He said, I'm not going to take a new piece and put it on the old. I'm going to make the whole thing new. Hallelujah. And he says, go tell people that they can be free. Go tell people that they can have a life. Go tell people that, that they can walk in joy and they can walk in victory no matter what's going on around them because I'm there. And he says, but before you can go do this, you need the power of the Holy Ghost operating in you because you can't do it in your strength. You'll just get in arguments if you try to do it in your strength. But if you do it in the power of the Holy Ghost, you'll go out and convince people that Jesus is their answer. And so what is the church looking for today? We're looking, God, give me this power. Give me this anointing so that my prayers are powerful. Give me this anointing, Lord, so that, that I, 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 when I say your name, it just comes forth with such conviction and power that your name shakes walls and shakes bars and shakes chains and sets people free. And you step up and show yourself mighty and strong. See, for this is the thing, folks. If we are really doing the works of Jesus, when we leave a situation and somebody's free, they, not, they may not even remember your name, but they'll know that it was Jesus that set them free. Are you hearing me? Because we're no longer looking for fame or fortune. We're just looking to do the works of Jesus and please the Lord and watch Jesus set people free. Hallelujah. And this is what the helper does. The Holy Spirit does not come and, and exalt us. The Holy Spirit comes and exalts the Lord. Are you hearing me? 
The Holy Spirit is always exalting Jesus. He's always drawing people to Jesus. He's always opening people's eyes to Jesus. And when we're operating in the Spirit of God, our purpose is to introduce people to Jesus, to do his works. Abraham had a servant in the Old Testament. He was his number one servant, his chief servant. And, you know, I've looked throughout the Scriptures, Pastor Mark and, and Chris. I, yeah, I've looked other places. I can't find the guy's name anywhere I look. And, you know, it just says he was a servant of Abraham. And Abraham wanted to get his son a, a wife. And so, you know what this, he does? He brings his servant in, and he says, uh, here, put your hand here uh, on my thigh, and vow to me before God Almighty that you go find my son, Isaac, a wife. And he says, here, I'm going to give you all my riches, all my camels. There. I'm going to load them up. And I'm going to send you back to this certain place, and I want you to go back there and find a bride for my son. And the man vows to Abraham, I will go find your son a wife. And he takes all the wealth of Abraham, and he goes back and says, he says, God, how am I going to find my master's son a wife? I, I need you to show me. So here's what I'm going to do, Lord. You, the, the first one that comes and offers to water my camels and take care of some stuff, I believe she's the one. And here comes Rebecca. And she comes over. Hey, sir, how you doing? How are your camels? Let me, here, just let me help you out. And he goes, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what we do. Amen. And you know what he does? He begins to talk to her about Isaac. And he begins to tell about Abraham. And he begins to tell her about his assignment. And, and, and he convinces her to leave her family and get on a camel and go with a strange guy she's never met before and go back over to this place she's never been to. And the family says, you sure you want to do this? She goes, yes. And she waves goodbye to him and takes off. And on the way back, apparently this servant talked to her and described Isaac so well because they're coming close to the tents, and she looks out and sees a, a young man walking, and she goes, is that the one? He goes, that's the one. She recognized Isaac by the description that the servant had made to her on the trip back from her home. He got her to fall in love with Isaac without ever seeing Isaac. And as the church, you and I have been given the treasures of Almighty God, and it is our job to take those treasures and go out into the world and find his son a bride and get her to love him without ever seeing him and get on those camels and go with us to heaven praise God and when she gets there she's going to say that's Jesus that's the one I fell in love with on the way hallelujah and it doesn't matter you don't know my name I wasn't sent to get you to fall in love with me I was sent to get you to fall in love with the Lord hallelujah and you know what happens when we get a church full of people in love with Jesus? Ooh, heaven comes down. Hallelujah. And the glory fills the house. Because we're no longer, well, what's my part? And how did I get this? And what's my, no, no, no. We're just excited. God has entrusted us all his treasures so we can go do his works. Amen. And the Lord says, as my believers, here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab a hold of the authority that I've given you in my name. I want you to know that I've sent the Holy Spirit to introduce you to all the treasures that I have for you. In John 16, 13, he calls him the Spirit of truth. And he says, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. The Amplified says he'll not speak on his own authority, but he'll speak to you the message that he hears from the Father. And he'll take that message and deliver it to you. And then he says in the next verse in John 16, 14, he says, and he shall take that which is mine. He will take up, draw upon, and receive that which is mine. And then he will reveal, declare, and disclose, and transmit it 
to you. Whoo. See, the Holy Spirit has come to reveal to us the great treasures that we have to draw upon from our Father in heaven. And the reason he's given us these great treasures, the anointing, the name of Jesus, the word of God, the authority of the believer, praying in tongues, worshiping God, the power of praise, is why? So we can take these great treasures and bring people to Jesus and get, get the world to fall in love with Jesus. Willing to leave what they're comfortable with and make a journey to somebody they've not seen. They've only heard about. And listen to me. If a servant under the old covenant could do that from Abraham, sons and daughters of a new covenant should be able to do that for our Father in heaven. Amen? Especially he was trying to get Isaac a bride. We're getting Jesus a bride. Hallelujah. And we have the Holy Spirit as our helper to get this thing done. Now you know why God wants to put new wine in the renewed wineskins. Hallelujah. He wants pouring out of us all the great things that he has. And he's in, in, in just giving them to us. Amen. Now, let me, let me show you something. Why do you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? So, so let's look at just, just a couple things here, about three quick things, and, and then we're going to minister, praise God. Why, do I, why, why, Brother Hubman, should I just go ahead and jump in there and get full of the Holy Ghost? Well, in Acts chapter 1, we were over just a second ago. Look back in Acts chapter 1 and look, let's look at verse 8. Look what he says. He says this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Notice he says this. He says, you need the Holy Spirit, number one, to be a witness for Jesus. Why should I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost tonight? Why should I want this experience with God? Because the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers me to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And every one of us, whether we want to or not, are a witness. You're either a good one or a bad one. Amen. As it, when you call yourself a Christian and you call yourself a believer, you are either in, in, encouraging and witnessing to people to come to church and give their lives to Christ, or you're witnessing to him that it's a hypocrisy and they don't need God. Come on. But the Holy Spirit, his first purpose for coming to us is to empower us to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, a witness of his resurrection, a witness of his life, a witness of what he can do for them. Amen? So why do I need the Holy Spirit? Number one, I need the Holy Spirit to give me the power, the efficiency, the ability to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I remember whenever I first got filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, you all remember that. It was June the 7th, 1977. Hallelujah. And for y'all that on that, it was a Tuesday night. Hallelujah. I did. Tuesday night, June the 7th, 1977. About 20 minutes to 8 o'clock. Praise God. Pray for tongues for 20 minutes to 8 o'clock. Hallelujah. And, 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 and what led me to that was this. I was going to a Baptist church. I was Southern Baptist. In fact, I'd already been licensed. I'd yielded to preach, and I was a youth minister at the Southern Baptist Church there while I was going to school my senior year at East Tennessee State. And, and so, you know, uh, I, I, I was just hungry for God. I mean, I was all in. I was witnessing on campus and winning people to Christ and, you know, and doing things and, 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 and stuff. But I just sensed there's something missing in my life. There's got to be more. 
And so I just kept looking, you know, what God, what's the more? What's the more? And, and, and so I got to studying some, and I, I began to see there's power to be a witness in the Holy Spirit. And then I got to read about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then I heard somebody talk about it. So I thought, I'm going to go talk to my pastor about this baptism in the Holy Spirit and the speaking in tongues because I couldn't figure out what the speaking in tongues was. You know, I, 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 you know, I thought, what is that? Never heard it, never been in it. And so I go to my pastor and I said, uh, pastor, his name was Ron. I said, Pastor Ron, what, what, what is this baptism in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? And it looked like somebody just threw ice water in his face. He went, oh, yeah. He says, where'd you hear that? I said, well, first of all, uh, I was in your office here uh, not too long ago, and it said the Glossavis hit the Southern Baptist Convention and talked about speaking in tongues. He goes, oh, my God. You read that? And I said, yes, sir. I said, it was real, real interesting. He says, yeah, it is. And I said, then I've I, I, I seen some other things about it. I said, "Do you? what is it? And he says, well, uh, Daryl, he said, I'll tell you what. And he was honest. He was a good man. He said, uh, Actually, he said, it's a, an experience that happens to a Christian after they've been born again. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a second experience of God's grace in their life. I said, really? I said, uh, I said uh, what about the speaking in tongues? He goes, well, that goes along with it. In the book of Acts, they got filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in other tongues. The Spirit gave them the utterance. I said, okay. I said, what's the good? Why, why would, should you want this? He goes, well, he said, the best way I could explain it is it'll take an old deadhead Christian and turn him into a fireball. And I guess he saw my eyes light up because to me, I thought, I'm already a fireball. I wonder what he'll do for me. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so he knew he'd open up the, the, the fire pit and the flames were bursting out. And he, and he saw me. He goes, no, wait, 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 wait. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, but we don't do that here. And I said, well, why not? He said, well, he said, it's true. It'll take an old deadhead Christian, turn him into a fireball, but it also splits the church. And I thought, how could anything that makes people more excited for Jesus split the church? And then I thought, we've got a whole sanctuary full of deadheads. Man, I'll tell you what, if anything, we need this. But you know what's so great about it? I read in the book of Acts chapter 11 years later after I'd gotten filled with the Holy Spirit that when the, the, the Gentiles there in Acts 10 at Cornelius' house got filled with the Holy Ghost and the disciples heard them speaking with tongues and Peter got called up to Jerusalem and told them all about it, it says that James said, then the Lord has granted the Gentiles repentance and life just like he did us. And it was the speaking in tongues that united the church. It didn't divide the church, but it caused the Jewish believers to, to understand that the Gentile believers had the same experience. And so they all united together. So speaking in tongues, the baptism of the Holy Spirit does not divide a church. Carnality divides a church and, and not yielding to God is what divides churches. But yielding to the Holy Spirit builds the church, unites the church, and inflames the church with the power of God. Amen. And so we need this power in our life. I wanted that power, praise God. And I sought it until I could find it. You know, I got it. I read Brother Hagin's book on seven bottle steps receiving the Holy Ghost. Yeah, picked it up in a bookstore. I, I, I was back down in Johnson City. I, we'd graduated, was back up in Virginia, and it was down in June. And I went down to a friend of mine's uh, wedding, Ed Barney and I did. And so uh, on the way back, we stopped at the bookstore, and a Raymond grad had started a church and a guy was going to his church, bought that place and put some of Brother Hagin's books in there. 
And so I walked over, and I said, is that the Kenneth Hagin's got the Bible school? And he said, yeah. I said, good. And I looked down and found that seven Bible steps of the Holy Ghost. And I said, "Woo, glory to God. I've been trying to find that for a year. And I bought it. And then the guy he looked over, and he says, why don't you go? What are you going to do? I said, well, I'm called to preach, and I'm going to the, into the ministry, and I'm looking for a Bible school. Uh, I may go out there, you know, in a year or so. He says, well, why not go this year? I said, well, I just graduated from East Tennessee. I've got to get, you know, get some money. He says, well, use your faith. Well, you know, in my realm, when you said use your faith, he could have went blah, 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 blah. Faith, blah, 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 blah. I had no idea what he's talking about. So instead of looking like that day's goofy look on my face, I thought, well, okay. And I looked down and said, how to turn your faith loose. I said, I better get that one too. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> and I thought, since the Holy Spirit's supposed to be the teacher, I'll read the seven steps to get him first and then read the faith one later so the Holy Spirit can teach me what faith is. Hallelujah. Amen. And I received the Holy Spirit, and I spoke in tongues, and it changed my life. And I became a greater witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, see, I didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues. I got filled with the Holy Spirit to be a witness for Jesus because I wanted people to experience what I experienced with him. I wanted them to have the life with him that I had. I wanted them to know the forgiveness that I had known and how good God was in my life. Anything that's going to help me to convince people to turn their lives to Jesus, I want in my life. Amen? So number one, Jesus said you need the Holy Spirit because he'll make you a witness. Number two, in Acts chapter 2, you read verses uh, 1 through 4, that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all one accord, one place. And suddenly there appeared unto them the cloven tongues of fire set upon each of them. And, and, and it says this, uh, uh, it goes down here in verse 4, and it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then you drop on down here, all oh, down about verse uh, 11, I guess you go down to there. And it says, We hear them speaking in our own tongue and own language the wonderful works of God what's the second thing the Holy Spirit does he makes you a worshiper he worship he helps you to worship hallelujah in Acts chapter 10 heard them speaking in tongues and magnifying God in Ephesians 5 it says be not drunk with wine word excess but be filled with the spirit speaking and singing and talking and rejoicing in the spirit amen so if I want to really be a worshiper, John chapter 4, Jesus said over there around verses 23 and 24, he said, he said, the day is coming that the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Well, how am I going to worship in the spirit without the spirit helping me worship? So the first thing the Holy Spirit does, he helps me be that witness. Number two, he helps me be a worshiper, praise God. And what's the third thing the Holy Spirit is going to help me to do? He's going to help me to be a warrior. See, the three W's, witness, worship, and war. He's going to help me to be a warrior. Why? Because 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4, 3, 4, and 5, what's he say? Even though we live in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down vain imaginations and every high thing and every argument that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bringing every, kept, every thought into captivity to Christ. What's he saying? He's saying you have a war going on, and that warfare is a spiritual warfare, and the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to give you the power to fight in the glory of God and the anointing of God, and you're going to be able to stand up against the enemy. And in fact, in Romans 8, 26 and 27, he says that we don't know what to pray for all the time. 
But the Holy Spirit takes hold together with us and helps us to pray and intercede for things that we don't know what to pray for. And he prays out the mind and the will and the Spirit of God. Amen? So there are times that I, I, I don't know how to pray. I mean, it's a spiritual war going on, and I need the helper to join in with me and help me to pray where I don't know what to pray. And I can switch out of trying to pray it out in my mind to start praying up out of my spirit. And I start releasing the power of God into that situation. So what I need to do, I need to understand I'm a believer. And as a believer, the Lord has invited me into his realm to do his works. And he's given me the authority to do it in his name and his behalf and go in his stead. And he's given me the riches of heaven to share with the world, to bring them to him. And he sent me the Holy Spirit to help me. And the Holy Spirit's going to empower me to do this. And the Holy Spirit's going to help me to be a witness for the Lord. He's going to help me to be a worshiper of the Lord. And he's going to help me to be a spiritual warrior for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And my weapons are mighty through God to pulling down strongholds and setting the captives free. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in operation in our lives, especially in the hour we're living in. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you self-restraint so that you don't respond in the flesh. It's the Holy Spirit that helps you to think before you open your mouth and blab out things that you wish you hadn't said. Come on, it's the Holy Spirit that, that, that gives you the wisdom on how to do the right thing at the right time. 1 John 2.20 says we have an unction from the Holy One and we know all things. The Holy Spirit's there to anoint you and unction you and guide you and lead you and help you and, 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 and you make decisions. The Holy Spirit, you know, I, I heard Pastor Mark, not Pastor Mark, it's just Brother Mark Hankins, he travels and ministers, but he, he shared this one time. He said, my daddy, Brother Hankins, and we knew Brother Hankins, he said, my daddy always said the Holy Spirit is a genius and if you'll listen to him, he'll make you look smart too. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm here to give you living proof. I can witness to you over and over again. I've had people come to me, and, and, I, and they say, Pastor Roman, can I talk to you? I've got a problem. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, this won't be a problem. I know these people. They're good folks. And all of a sudden, man, they just drop a load on me. And, I'm, and, and, and if you saw what I was on the inside, in the outside, it would look like this. Ah! What am I going to say? Oh, God! I just got hit between the eyes with a ball bat. I don't have any idea what I can do. But you know what I've learned over the years? I got a helper on the inside of me. And you know something? I don't have to do this in my own authority. But I've got Jesus on my side. And the Holy Spirit's going to show me everything that I need. And so I've had people sit there and tell me their problems. And this one lady come in, and she was so sweet. And, 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 and you know, we loved her, and she'd help babysit the kids. And she had some stuff going on in the home, and, and it was just tearing her up. And, and so she said, can I come talk to you? And she's telling me all this stuff. And all the time she's talking to me, I'm sitting there with, a you know, my, my spiritual poker face. But inside, I'm going, dear God in heaven, how am I going to help this lady? I love her. But I, mm, mm, you know, I'm sitting there. And, and underneath my breath, thank God for, you know, he said, you, you can pray in tongues to yourself. Let him pray to himself. I wasn't praying out loud, but, man, my spirit man on the inside is, I'm going after it, praise God. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching, and I'm listening because, you see, I've got the counselor on the inside of me. 
And he knew what her problem was before she came and talked to me. And he knew what the answer was she needed to hear. And it's not my answer and it's not my ability that's going to help her anyway. I'm the servant. All that stuff on that camel belongs to my master. He just gave me the right to use it. And I'm, I, I'm just sitting there and I can remember when she got done, the Holy Spirit said, tell her to do this, this, and this. And I told her that and she began to cry and she began to break down and she just, she, she, she was sitting across and she jumped out, oh, Pastor, oh my God, that's the answer I've been looking for. And she hugged me and she wept and we were standing and we were just worshiping the Lord. She goes, I've, I've gone to a counselor, a therapist for the last four months and I put out X amount of dollars and you helped me in 30 minutes more than they have in the last four months of, of trying treatments and stuff. And I thought, yeah, and I didn't charge either. Hallelujah. Amen. No, I didn't think that. Amen. I said, well, you know what? Thank God the Lord knew what your answer was, and he knew how to get it to you. And I'm just glad that we've got this thing set free. And she got up and went out just free. Praise God. And I couldn't take a bit of credit for it because it didn't come from me. It wasn't my treasure that I gave her. It was the Lord's treasure. And she left out of there respecting me, but in love with Jesus. Amen? That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to rise up in this very hour we're living in and look to God. And say, Lord, here I am. I thank you, Lord. The world may have discarded me. The world may have been beating me up this year. And I may just look like an old beat-up wineskin. But you know what? I'm letting you wash me with the washing of the water of the Word. You're cleaning out all that junk. You're getting rid of all the debris. You're helping me to just get free from all that stuff. Lord, I thank you for rubbing the oil of your Spirit into me. And tonight, I'm going to get me some new wine. Hallelujah. Because it's your wine. You understand that? The wine that goes in the wineskin is not the wineskin's wine. Somebody had to make it and put it in there. And the wineskin is just carrying somebody else's wine. Are you listening to me? I'm that wineskin that the Lord is cleaning up, oiling up, making me pliable and flexible so he can fill me up so I can pour him out to every person that's dry and thirsty and hurting. Amen? And one of the ways I keep that thing full is I get before the Lord, lift my hands up and say, Lord Jesus, anoint me today with fresh oil. Make me pliable and useful and freely yielded to you today. And Lord, fill me up with new wine so that whenever somebody's got a need, it's in me to be poured into them. Are you hearing me? And you see in Ephesians 5.18, that's just not a one-time thing where he says, be filled with the Spirit. The Greek scholars tell me that, that, that be filled is a continuous action verb, which says be being filled with the Spirit. Continuous infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Why? Because we have continuous struggles that we have to deal with. Why do you think that God uses types and shadows of the Old Testament? Every day they had to go out and collect the manna. And if they tried to get enough for the next couple of days, it just turn rotten. Remember that? Why? God was showing us an Old Testament example of type and shadow that we need him every day to give us fresh renewed manna and anointing. Amen? 
I don't want to face tomorrow's challenges with today's anointing. I want to give tomorrow and say, Lord, that anointing you poured in me last night, help me to pour it out today. And when it's gone, put some more in there. Amen. And it starts with what? Number one, Lord, I yield myself to you as a believer. And I come for you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. You know what's so great about getting filled with the Holy Spirit? Many times when people get the Holy Spirit operating in their lives, they get their healing. They get their deliverance. Why? Because in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, it says that if the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead shall also quicken or restore life and health to your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwells in you. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit works on us to keep us strong so that we can be a, a vessel that God can use to help others become strong. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.